Really, I'm not going to tell you again. It's message somebody at gmail.com if you got an email. You can also find us on Facebook at Somebody Likes It. Uh, they're on the Facebooks. Uh, come see us or the kitten gets it. Okay, so those of you that listen to this show on a regular or semi-regular or occasional basis will know that Ryan often brings snacks in. And sometimes, and, yeah, yeah, and when you, and you go on runs, you kind yeah. of go on spurts of bringing in snacks, like and, several weeks of jerky. Yeah, well, for a while there, it was like really odd flavors of uh, Pringles. Yeah, and um, there's when you walk into the Walgreens by my house, there's a there's like a Pringles display to the to the left as you walk in, and they had this limited edition hot dog flavored Pringles, which just sounds alternately revolting and something that could possibly Maybe be really brilliant. up your alley. Yeah, it could be. And anyway, and I kept telling myself for like a year while they were there, it was like limited edition pop or, or hot dog flavored Pringles. And anyway, I went in there today and I noticed no more hot dog flavored Pringles. Oh, you missed your chance. I missed my fucking window for, to get those for you. Um, so I'm wondering, would, would those be like uh, hot dogs Like with dirty water hot dogs? <laughs> yeah, I in, don't know. In general, your side, your side chip should not taste like the main course. Like... Yeah, and is it that. really a course? I don't know. Well, but, I mean, that's do you eat hot dogs with hot dog flavored Pringles? Is that like violating some sort of culinary <laughs> it, rule? Yes, it's, it's like there's, the there's a singularity. Yeah. White slacks after November first. Well, yes. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen Andy eating like steak flavored potato chips. Like that's an, again. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I yeah, dig it's, it's just an interesting idea. I think hot hot dog flavored potato chips, or not shit, heaven forbid, not even potato chips. These are Pringles. Anyway, story. Bottom line. Sorry, I didn't get them for you. They were limited edition. Now I may never be able to procure them. And and, and I'm God sorry. knows well, the demand I'm sorry is probably not almost there. probably, you, probably find them on eBay. Well, what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> some knockoff legacy hot dog flavored Pringles. <laughs> Gross. I don't know. Still they, in the original carton. Sure. They yeah. ketchup. I hear they're bringing back Crystal Pepsi's. Have it's already back. It? I've seen it. Yeah. Yep. All right. What, how it's clear. Anyway. Oh God. Um, so so yeah, yeah. Was that was that it was that yeah the big that's story? it so uh, let's do some music I'm Shane Ryan I'm Kevin and I'm Mark if somebody likes it. Welcome to uh, this week's uh, edition of Somebody Likes It. And, of course, we want to kick off the show with uh, recent passings. It's our uplifting moment of the show. Oh, Celebrity yeah. Death Watch. I was wondering why you had that pulled up on the flat screen when we came, when we came yeah, in Yeah, that's why. So Stanley Dural Jr., uh, better known uh, in at least some of the, the southern states as Buckwheat Zydeco. Which... Maybe the greatest name ever. Like, uh, what, that'd yeah. be a great did you name. Grow, for, did you grow up in Louisiana, Mark? I did not grow up in Louisiana. But you're of but, I mean, Cajun got, extraction. Yeah, I've got plenty of of that Cajun blood in me. So, uh, and Shane and I were talking about how Zydeco is just one of those musics where, like, it makes everybody kind of happy. You don't want to listen well, to it. It makes at people home. happy, but it's super regional. Like, it, it is, is very. You regional. hear a lot of Zydeco in like Maine. Yeah, no, no that, probably, that's probably true. not. What we were saying, I was saying, like, I, I don't ever think. You know what I want to put on right now and. Uh, buckwheat zydeco but having been around it live like it's damn fun <laughs> it's a fun time oh yeah like you know and they talk funny i bet buckwheat zydeco had a hell of a second line or is having or is having yeah is it now 
Is it know. going on as we speak? I've, I would guess so. Yeah. They buried him a couple days ago, so. Yeah. So Don't they throw, like, parades and shit when people die yeah. in Louisiana? That's a, that's Haven't you seen that? I've seen them happen when we've been in Mardi Gras before. Yeah. Or I mean, when I've I mean been that's, there, at least. that's alternately awesome, but kind of weird. Like, woohoo, he's dead. It's a party for you well, that you can't really enjoy. It's yeah. analogous to <laughs> awake, you know? Like, I mean, I think that I think they're similar things. I know, but people are generally sad at wakes. Well, it's a No, celib- it's a, they, it's a, it's they a go celebration to, and a party. They go to the funeral mm-hmm. morning. So they go there, and they're playing sad music, and everybody's wearing the big black hats. And then after... The they funeral, go get fucked up and dance. When they go back, it's a party because they're celebrating the person's life. So, well, I mean, a little I, bit of culture there. I can't for disagree you. with it. It's just it's just and not a thing that I'm super familiar with. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to throw a party after I die, like knock yourselves out. I, th- I think that's. Um, I probably will. <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> and then things went dark. So the weird thing about like like some of these like um, like you know somewhat lesser known or regional artists is like if you look on their Wikipedia profile, like one of the things that strikes me about his because we've got it pulled up right now, is that like death is like number three out of number eight on the listings. It's like he's like if he were like reading his own shit like from wherever he is or whatever right now, he'd be like. Can't we just push death down to the bottom? Like yeah, that would I mean, be the that was really it, the last thing I did. Isn't that supposed to be the you know Act Three? Well, uh, maybe that's it, why it's and he three. played Zydeco music, correct? So. Well, but listen to this. I'm I'm reading this right now. Uh, he, he before he had Buckwheat Zydeco, he had Buckwheat and the Hitchhikers, which was a funk band. Okay. So, uh, but mean, look at look at this. This is the crazy thing, and this is probably why it made such a big deal. Is like. Uh, it sounds like he did a he did a opened a North American tour for Eric Clapton in '88, but has also recorded with Keith Richards, Robert Plant, Willie Nelson, Mavis Staples, David Hidalgo, uh, Dwight Yoakam, Paul Simon, Ry Cooter, and uh, the, everybody's favorite, the Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> yeah, one of those things is not like the other. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, the guy was uh, you know the guy was um, popular. Um, should we should we kind of get to the thing? Yet? Yeah, let's do. Let's just do that. Okay, so um, so we we've teased this on a on a couple of recent podcasts, and we got uh, a few weeks ago we got a really terrific letter from a listener named Michael Clark. That was uh, not a tossed off email. Like no, it was well is well put together. Yeah. So um, so we'll set up what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, I'm but f- by reading his the letter that he sent to the show. So, um, and bear in mind, there's some of this that has to do with a specific previous episode that we recorded. You should go listen to that one, too. Anyway, he says, uh, he says, Dear Somebody Likes It, I never thought it would happen to me. So I'm about a month behind, but I listened to your Travis show today and was happy to hear you got an email address set up for possible suggestions. Here's one. Are any of you familiar with Mike Christopher? He was an Irish, actually, we'll talk about that later in the show, but he was an Irish singer-songwriter type. Uh, headed a band called the Mary Janes for a while. He and Glenn Hansard of uh, Once and the Frames were good friends. I discovered his music through listening to Glenn's covers. Anyway, Mike died in 2001 without ever attaining much notice outside Ireland and, Guinness, and a Guinness TV spot. But he does have a single posthumously recorded solo album called Skylarkin. I'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, personally, I came across the album at a formative time in my life and the music the guy's story became important to me, and I've lived with it so long that it's pretty much impossible for me to have any kind of objective opinion about it. I think it's brilliant, question mark, he says. Uh, I proselytize it to everybody. I know uh, I know about it. They all get annoyed, so now I'll proselytize it to you, strangers with whom I've shared a one-way conversation in my earbuds. I'm sure we all have those personal obsessions. 
If you're looking for something more people uh, might have a connection to, covering some of Glenn's uh, work uh, himself would be interesting. I'd suggest the stuff with the frames before his solo or once output. Um, and he suggests a couple of records, um, Fitzcarraldo or Burn the Maps. And then he says, uh, thanks for reading, setting up the email and for putting out a great show and, uh, and some other nice things. But anyway, um, Michael, your, your, your well-penned letter has not fallen on deaf ears. Partly, you probably already knew that if you've listened to previous episodes of the show because we keep talking about how we're going to get to it. But that's what we're actually going to do tonight. And well, um, yeah, yeah, his wishes are command eventually. Yes, eventually. Yeah, we're like kind the, of the way things work around here. We're like yeah. the laziest genies in the world. But yeah. uh, dude, I, I totally owe you a solid. I will who, get back to you. Well, e- but who, even, even yeah. with even with this episode, we still kind of fucked it up because the whole album that he wrote in about like we well, we're not even doing that. we're not even doing that. <laughs> no, one. but the the gist of yeah the gist of the note was uh, was here's this one album that I really love. If you need an alternate that maybe more people would know maybe something uh, by the frames. And so that's what we're going to do. We'll end up talking about uh, the Mike Christopher record later. In the intermission, we also are going to watch a video in uh, Heyday, which was the single off that. Yeah. But it, but uh, but I, I thought that maybe a cool place to start because one of the records that he suggested was Fitzcarraldo, uh, would, which is, frankly, it's out of print. So um, Well, they put it out twice. They did put it out twice, and they put it out and twice. And they still don't with, have any left? With, yeah, <laughs> they still don't have any left. Um, and they actually and they put it out under two different names, because I guess for a while, you know, they were uh, the Frames DC. Did anybody ever figure so. out what the DC referred to? I think maybe it was just kind of a fucking around with the UK thing, uh, like, yeah. how, like uh, or London suede kind of thing. Do you right. remember the band that was in like the late 90s that just were all like, fuck it, and they named themselves Share UK? No. Yeah, yes, I, I do. I do. Guys. Yeah. They were from Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Anyway, um, so yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about uh, the Frames 1996 record, uh, Fitzcarraldo, which uh, Mark's done a little bit of research on this. Uh, I have two. Is actually named for a uh, very serious uh, Warner Herzog movie about uh, a bunch of people who try to pull a boat over a mountain. That sounds about right. Yeah, they're in their hate suck. Then they hate suck. Just like I was like, surely it's a comedy. It's not a comedy. <laughs> so, it's nice to see some evidence of uh, Warner Herzog doing something that is um, stark and stern. So, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, in some ways, I could see how that would be somewhat apt for this record because it's really fucking intense. Yeah. Uh, I think you know. I think for for me. That's one of my challenges that I run into with Glenn Hansard's work is that like there is a there's a certain earnestness to his voice. Thank you for saying earnest. And yeah, yeah, I have the same like uh, some like it's like I have to roll around in it for a while or it's too much. Like at first listen, I just. Yeah. You know, that's I for the most part, I I found I warmed up to this album. Um, I found it to be a relatively enjoyable listen for the most part. There are definitely there. I don't know if this is. Irish acts in general, for me, kind of leave me cold because of the earnestness and over-emotive nature of a lot of their singing. And I don't know if that's a result of U2 or if that's why U2... A symptom of... A symptom of... Being from Ireland. Right. And so he, when he does that, it kind of immediately... Tur- it kind of just turns me off. Um, but you see it a lot. 
Um, it does seem to be like kind of a characteristic of those. Of yeah, from that yeah, region. and I, I I tend to not listen to even though like some of these songs are just like like the the title track of this record is f- fucking awesome. But it's weird because like I've partied with a bunch of Irish people and they're a fucking blast. I know that's why I think it's really weird, and that's I was gonna get to that eventually. I think I don't know. I, it's got to be again. Like I almost wonder if it's just symptomatic of how large U2 looms over the musical landscape in that relatively small country or apparently there's only like three and a half million people in Ireland right yes. like I, I didn't know that for the longest time I thought it was like 50 million and no. nope no. it's like it's smaller, smaller than Houston and I'm glad you said earnest because it gets a little too earnest and, and like lip quivering for me at times well okay so the music like uh reminded me a little bit of like around this period of Radiohead me too a little bit yeah and which of course I like um, but uh, the other part, the thing that was a little off-putting to me is totally not Glenn Hansard's fault, uh, but he sounds a little like the dude from Kings of Leon, and I don't much care for that I, band. I can't stand that band, and I didn't catch that at all. It's just, it's just it the timbre of his voice. If you go back, you'll hear it now, like probably, but yeah. Um, and, and it's like that band didn't even exist when this came out, so it's totally not his fault. Uh but yeah. I, I would say I liked this record more than it was off-putting, but it is no, super intense. It is really intense, but the, 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 it's a really confident record, and that's the one, like, there's there's some interesting shit, like that that title track, Fitzcarraldo, like, there's really interesting things going on, the interplay between the bass and the guitars, and there's a guitar hook, and there's strings on it and stuff, Monuments, another one, like, where those kind of reminded me almost of what would come later in the form of Doves, like, they were dark and intense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but less like the like the guitar plays a little bit more straightforward, I think, on this than than it is on less of the swirling stuff that you'll find on right, Dove's record. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was stylistic. Different. This but. album is a little like, for my personal taste, a little too rocky. If that makes any sense. Sure. They sound. They seem like they would be a fucking absolutely amazing live like band. They would like, slay live. Like yeah. these songs would kill live. I mean, they're they're pretty good songs. There are a few. After, especially after Monument, which I think is the highlight of the that and and I've got a different track. favorite one, but I'll, right, I'll bring but, it up later. But then the last, the one right after that, it starts getting a little lip quivery, and that doesn't really let up for the rest of it. Overall, I I thoroughly enjoyed it though. A few years ago, I caught um, Glenn Hansard doing a solo set at the Paramount uh, here in Austin opening for a benefit that Sam Beam of Iron and Wine does every year. And so he did a solo set and then Sam Beam did a solo set. And so essentially like he was just set up like kind of like an elaborate busker by himself down there with a guitar in the middle of this giant stage in, in, I don't know what the, what the room holds at the Paramount, but it's like, you know, it's a few thousand. It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just owned it. So the impression that I get, which is also like, I think about stuff like, Oh, like in the movie once, like he is, he is busking at the beginning of that. And I'm like, there's a suspension of disbelief thing that has to happen there because his, his stage presence is so powerful that you're like, how is it that you're busking in? Like, but I'm pretty sure that he was a busker. I mean, if you go back. I mean, and, it very well may be true. Well, but. if you go back and read some of his stuff and from what I understood in the past, like he, he, I, I believe he was a busker and he. He brought in people. Apparently, there's a burgeoning busking scene in Dublin. I, I don't know. Like that, that does burgeoning busking. Was scene? it at least at one point there was a burgeoning busking Buskers scene. union? Bus, bus, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys want to play a song? Yeah, let's do one. What do you? So I kind of think, and uh, we've talked about a few, but I could like the one that was uh, 
sort of really played up as the single off of this was Revelate, the opening track. Well, let's so get into that one and uh, give her a whirl and we'll also talk. There you go. Has that line in there the first time I heard it, and I forgot that I thought this, but um, he goes, uh, My open arms, my lucky charm. And at first, I was, I thought he said, Lucky charms, remember like those magically cereals? delicious, but remember the cereals that they were all chasing a leprechaun around in them? That was the yeah. whole thing. Like, I was like, Is he taking on American consumerist culture or <laughs> like making for making fun of Irish people? But then I realized quickly that you might be reading a little bit too much into it. Yeah, he doesn't say, my, Yeah, he just says, My lucky charm, but that song. Is it just me, or did anybody else catch what I, I that it just sounds like a better version of the Cracker song "Low"? Like, go back and well, listen. Like and an earlier, yeah, one. I get that that, like, that kind of like droning guitar thing. Well, um, it, there's that, and there, I don't know. There's a couple things in there that reminds me of it. That, this is, it is it, and it is to go back. Like, we're gonna use that word again. Like, it is. It's a lot more earnest than low. It is a lot more interesting. This that when I heard that song, I was like, "Fuck, man, I'm really not gonna like this record." But, uh, but I, I thought I thought something was wrong with my car while I was listening to it. Why? I was pulling out onto a, a larger street from a smaller one, nice. and it's that like jarring guitar thing where it's like, and I I thought my bottomed out, and like I just fucked up my car. But no, it's just in the song. Man, I accidentally um, when I was looking up. This record, they they re-recorded the title track on their last record, Longitude, that just came out last year, and um, I fucking love the t- the title track to that record. I was like, fuck yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And then I realized I was I like spent like I basically blew like fifty minutes listening to the wrong record, but I'm listening. Well, and you then, didn't blow it. I mean, just no, it was it, no, no, it wasn't. Towards that's not this what podcast. I meant. Poor, poor choice of words. What I'm saying is, then I went back and I listened to this one. I'm like, oh man, they got so much better when they, you know, like 20 years on, or or you know, how, however have you. But again, like I said, like after this song, I really the so rest think, of the record really li- grew on me. So do you think if the band live had stuck around, they'd be good now? Probably not. Which is why, kind of why I thought it was badass that they were like. Yeah, better. Not that this is not that like I I never much cared for the band live, but they were of also you super intense. They were super intense. That is a super. Yeah, intense. I get the same thing from. Two. I alone love you. <laughs> I alone take my shirt off. I just <laughs> assume that they're playing a cruise ship somewhere with a bunch of like really <laughs> super intense. Oh, yeah, dude, you you would be amazed. Yeah. There are so many motherfuckers that are in like in small town America that are into bands like live. Like, uh, you know, they they they're making a killing, man. They're I'm guarantee you they're still selling records and going on nostalgia tours. 
and well, fucking cleaning up. Good for them. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. What, what we t- we talked about this before. Like, I think I think this is similar, two kind of similar bands, if not sonically and an idea and that you you said before about matchbox 20 like it just sounds like music a bunch of jocks in high school got together to make live is that i think they were all jocks in that band or for Uh, the most part see that but they were kind of marketing themselves as like this like intense alternative like deep band well matchbox 20 were marketing themselves you know they were they our friend cinco and i had a bonding moment over live back in the day he was like i get it dude i get it dude you're intense i get it Okay, <laughs> I saw them live when I was like 18, and um, I I gotta tell you, I was blown away, and that lasted till I turned 19. Now, if I and and we won't sidebar again on on this for too long, but Mark, if do you remember? I think Live and the Ocean Blue are from the same like small town in Pennsylvania. Like in Pennsylvania, yeah. like I think that that's I, true. I know the Ocean Blue and they, is from Hershey, so yeah, that's, that's quite. I think Live is even from a smaller. They town. were the word. The rumor that I heard a thousand years ago was that they were those two bands, which sound nothing alike, were from the same town and they hated each other. And I was like, "Well, yeah, of course." Dude, they the Ocean do. Blue was good. Well, yeah, but I, you know, you probably put if you had to put money on it, you probably put it on the intense guy. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what kind of shiv what, he's gonna fucking pull out from somewhere. I, I don't know what weird betting pool you're, you've been <laughs> hanging around, but you were just snatching your money. Yeah, you've been hit upside the head with a Gretsch hollow body. That hurts. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody wins there. <laughs> I mean, good song. So getting back, getting getting back to the to the album at hand. It's a, it's, it's good. I mean, the band's good. Like I said before, like for me personally, I don't know how to distinguish between like when I say rock, you know, hyphen Y, like Rocky. Um, I don't, I don't exactly know how to explain that. There's you know, as a, as distinguished from pop e or well, no, because there's plenty jangly. of or punk rock. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that's you know like the Ramones or or even you know harder than that, like that is rock music. But well, I don't think this is like mook music. You know, no, like a no, bunch no, no. Of dumbasses. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. That's why I'm saying I don't know how to better say it than they that. You couldn't I tour th- with Def Leppard or anything. I think you're be pretty no, cool, but I, th- To your point, Shane, I think that I think that that's a concern that has been raised by a few people specific to the frame. Certainly the, the frames in this era of their evolution or whatever. Like, they started out as like, you know, uh, a really powerful sounding like heavy like heavy's the wrong word but like significant stage presence sort of bar band like with a, like a little bit more like a salt shaker more earnestness thrown in there and then they got into stuff like pavement and they got into like you know they actually there's a they uh well, enjoying me, their their later catalog you can kind of see sort of to me there's a, a radiohead element yeah in here too yeah like, actually I, in the in the I beginning agree. of this record i definitely i definitely hear that there's, I, well, there's not even Radiohead and Radiohead anymore. So, well, but. no, th- this era of Radiohead relevant right. in there. There is one song that I absolutely love, and I don't know if you guys want to play it or, or get to it later, but Evergreen, like, I think it's fantastic. The funny thing is, uh, is that Evergreen kind of gets bandied about in some of the stuff that I read as like a throwaway track, and it's the well, one. Well, it wasn't that, on like, the first iteration of the record, right? Yeah, it was the one that was put in there on the on the second uh, pressing or on the like the separate the label deal. Yeah, yeah re release. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm like I, again, I couldn't, I could not for some reason find this shit on Spotify, so I listened to it on 
on it's YouTube. On there. I'm looking at it right now. No, I know, but I'm saying I don't remember the song. I don't remember the song title. I don't know if it was on the version of the album that I listened to. Well, why don't we Why don't we spin that and then Shane, you can pick the third one on the other side after the after the intermission. Oh, okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. Whatever. All right, man. My yell for cream Beside me you will be When all the world was cold and golden Your color ceased to So at work, I, I listen to music on this little tinny-sounding uh, uh, Bluetooth device. Like, I got a little speaker I carry around with me, and, and like, this song, like, this album was all just kind of blending in the background, and then that song came out, and I was like, fuck. Um, and then Shane pointed out that it also is their, for their cashmere. Well, it, it, it's got that minor harmonic, that Middle Eastern sound going on, which is very distinctive. I think you it's terrific, man. No, like, it's a good song. Yeah. Also intense. Like the rest of the record, well, that's kind of their their thing. And, Is you know, the rest of their shit like when you were listening to that other record? Was it? Yeah, but but uh, you know, but like in one of the in one of these breaks, like we should listen to that that first that first track of that last record, Longitude. Like that one really made me think of they're they, they're trying they're taking a lot of chances. It's intense, but in a different way. It's 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 hard to explain. Well, you know, you make actually make me think about one thing that I noticed, which is that like this band has been together since 1990, and they've uh, they've put out a grand total of six records. So it's like well, and how many band members have they had? It's a lot. Yeah, well, quite a it's, few. It's a lot. Like so, the guy that the guy that the the guy behind the movie wants John Carney, who also did Begin Again and um, Sing Street. Like I really enjoy that guy's work. He uh, he was originally in the, he was in the frames for the first three years of that band, and so like yeah, and he ended up writing that movie, which Glenn Hansard wrote all the songs though, right? Well, yeah, and the and the sort of you know uh, group of like miscreants that they drag off the street into the recording studio. I actually haven't seen all, that movie, like, but a bunch people, of those guys. But a lot of frame. people who have like fucking love it. Yeah, right? I was yeah. really I I have seen it, or more to the point, I've seen about half of it. I was very excited to see it too, and uh, then I fell asleep and just never finished it. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it is a little bit of a sad tale, but, um, but uh, ultimately, I just, I just thought, you know, given as long as that they've been together, like it is, it's telling to me that they put out six records. You know, we when we when we did when we went through Gang Gangstar not that long ago, we talked about how, you know, Shane mentioned that like. You have to put out records all the time in hip hop, or people think you've gone away. Yeah, yeah, it it's a bit, it's a different genre. You, yeah, like, like the differences in the expectation of the audience. So I, I guess, like in at least Irish rock and roll, like uh, people stick with you uh, if you take five, six years between records. Yeah, well, I, you know, apparently they do in Canada, another relatively small, populated country. Um, 
But did anybody get? By the way, so did I, I, there are certain times on this record that uh, that I definitely uh, I felt a kinship with the hip. Um, tragically hip yeah and i can't tell you exactly what it was it wasn't really the way the band sounded because there's a lot of co- this band came out of the shoot very confident uh and it's very it's not just earnest it's also really dynamic and that and the kind sure. that's what kind of makes it really exciting even the stuff i didn't particularly love i was still like kind of excited to listen to it because they have it's like, not boring no no it's not and you do it's like, definitely not boring you it's not really, like the tragically hip and tragically that hip's a little boring i know but uh, but i could hear people that like the tragically hip also liking this band um and there is a little people? bit of that there is a little yes, bit of white that people. 90s uh loud soft loud dynamic going on but it's but, not done in a pixies way like no you know like, and that's another thing about this band i will say like they you know we we can bandy about all day long like like certain Certain things like oh, like there's little things that sound like this and sound, like, but really, I mean, they're they're kind of a self-contained band in a lot of ways. Like they, they, they especially to come out in 1996, like they don't really show a lot of the influence. No, there's stu- there's stuff that it reminds me of, but that's not because they sound like them necessarily. They're, it's a pretty original sounding band, like um, in a lot in a lot of ways, which is really interesting for just pretty much a guitar, bass, drums kind of. I mean, there's keyboards and stuff like that, but. There's but, only so much you can do with that combination. I know, though, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That that anytime somebody pops up, especially from this period of time, where like you know that was the kind of the biggest shit in the world, that kind of type of band. It's it, it's interesting and and nice to hear a, a band's like, oh, these guys really don't sound like anybody else. They're they're. I mean, every band's going to have elements that is going to remind you of someone else. But this is pretty original sounding band. It was cool. So, are we at a place where we? Maybe I ought to move on to the intermission. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we teased this a little bit at the top of the show, but... um, one of the things that we wanted to do because we couldn't cover all of, of Michael's great suggestions was to, um, if we weren't going to do the, uh, the Mike Christopher record that he suggested for the, for the episode, um, we thought maybe it'd make more sense to do the, to do the single or like the preeminent song off of, um, off the Skylarkin record. And so that's what we're going to talk about in a few minutes with, uh, the name of this track is Heyday. And uh, let's give it a listen.
Christopher's Heyday, the track that we just heard and watched. Like, really, like the 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 video that exists of that song is like this. It's like a little bit of concert footage, and then part of a uh, part of a Guinness commercial that I guess he was in. So I guess somebody like like after the fact kind of just edited some stuff together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a tragic. By the way. Pretty, How did he die? pretty great song. Um, you know, he died, so he—it's he, a really tragic. He—he uh, he was out after a gig and had some beers, slipped on a patch of ice, hit his head, went into a like coma, on some stairs, and never came out of it. And Glenn, like somebody asked Glenn Hanzer about is, it after the fact, and he said, like it was a freak thing, and it could have literally happened anywhere, like yeah, to anyway. anyone. Yeah, that's that—that that is truly tragic, and especially considering that, like that—that that song, I think is pretty fucking commercial i mean like it's got like i mean not well, commercial well, but it's literally literally yeah well literally it was okay right fine fuck off both of you <laughs> um i mean the song i think the song had a great hook i think the i think that the whole it was a well-written song it's a solid tune yeah super solid again probably not my thing but if you heard that i'll tell you what i've listened to that song now about four or five times and every single time i like it exponentially more than the first time and I, I liked it the first time i reacted exactly the same way i like it a lot it's it gets it gets in your head it becomes an earworm especially like the chorus isn't even as good as the verse the verse is the fucking hook in that song i think that guy would have owned cactus cafe i think he would have been bigger than that man because but yeah of course he would have owned that yeah yeah Anyway, yeah, he and he and Glenn Hansard were were legitimate pals, and there is a there's a cutaway during the video of the two of them sitting at a piano, and uh, it appears that Hansard Hansard's got like he's playing the guitar part, and I guess um, Mike is playing the the piano part. But there are a few other like so so Glenn Hansard will play this song in concert and dedicate it dedicated to his friend and apparently they do like a of, festival or something for this guy i yeah they, they i do, think so i think so um and i know that uh that each frames record has been dedicated to this guy so it's like they must have been you know it sounds like they were really tight so this is a bit of an aside um but did you notice there was a sticker on his guitar for war i did which, see that yeah yeah like doesn't sound anything like the band war. No, I think there was something else. And I don't there, think he's pro there was, war. There were there were words all in the sticker. Like there was it was like war, and then there was a bigger thing underneath. I just couldn't read what it said. Like it, I don't know. Here's something that, that doesn't get covered in the reviews that I'll never get an answer to, but I can't stop from thinking. So he's actually he's Irish, but he was American. He was born in the U.S. Mm. and his parents moved uh, his parents moved back to the home country when he was like three. He and was young, like four, three or four, yeah. Yeah, and so my what I what I'm curious about is just like at what age we pick up accents, like yeah, you know, if he had a if he had an Irish speaking voice, or I'm sure that he probably did, like at you know at three or four, like you're not talking a lot, and at the very least, like you're. Anyway, this is a great podcast, but the point being is like I don't yeah, know, maybe you like, can. Google I'm sorry, I fell asleep for Mike, did, my, uh, did my mic hit the table? Because yeah. if it did, maybe I'm sorry. you can Google Mike Christopher's speaking voice and get a response but in this I, I don't in this age well. of never having to wander wonder anything then yeah maybe you're right anyway no i like that track a lot too and i thought uh i i frankly like i think the stories behind some of the stuff w with this record are are uh equally compelling but it's also one of these deals too where it's like we haven't done we haven't done a frames record and so that was kind of too much to pass up but i did i thought that maybe it would make sense to sort of yeah, and also up. I think like one of the things I mean like while 
that song was v- perfectly pleasant, and I again I've enjoyed it immensely since discovering it. It's still just a perfectly pleasant song, and the the Frames record kind of, or the and I haven't listened to the rest of that record, unfortunately. Um, the Mike Christopher record, Skylarkin, yes. Skylarkin, Skylarkin, yeah, not Skylarking is not the XTC record, yeah, Skylarkin, yeah. Skylarkin, Larkin, Dressin, Larkin, yes, Dressin, Dressin. Hey, can y'all go out there and give me some blue blue cheese dressing? What you fixing yes. to eat? Fixing, you know. All right, whatever. Let's go back in. You guys heard about this band, the the Frames. Now that we've we've gone, we spent so much time in our in our intermission. Well, it's that, a, a band about bikes, right? Right. Well, I always had envisioned it yes. as being about like like I just in my head about like black like Buddy Holly like like frames, glasses, glasses frames. Oh, yeah. 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 For yeah. some reason, like no, I just, apparently Glenn Hansard is a like bike savant. Yeah. Collected like old. Yeah, if you, if you found a bike somewhere in the hood, you'd just go drop it off yeah. at Glenn's house. Yep. Is that, is that true? something he... Yeah, yeah, that's where they got the name. He was, he was he was the frame man. Yeah, But it sounded like that's something he did in high school initially yeah, because it's... It was when he was younger. And I'm sure like he's... worked in a bike shop as well. Well, and if you've ever tried to ride a bike without a frame, like that shit is It's hard, hard to do. Or a unicycle. Yeah. I guess you are the frame if you're riding a bike without a frame. Yeah, no, that, that's basically at that point, you're just a dude with like trying to manipulate two tires at the same time well, like, that doesn't sound honest, fun like, there's no way to, to like you there's no way nobody ever looks at somebody on a unicycle and goes like that guy's got it all figured out like <laughs> <laughs> we go ask him about the, my, my deeper issues in my life yes <laughs> Yeah. That's, anyway, that's yeah. almost a moment where we, sh- we should just put down the mics and just observe for a second how fucking funny that is. <laughs> can you See, mark- every so often you you just whip we whip that shit on my marriage counseling for me, please, dude on a unicycle. <laughs> and also with like a guy on a unicycle with like rainbow suspenders. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not surprising though. But you but you would never see. You know, it's never. Never, he's like, never the guy with the stock tips. He's never the guy with the stock tips. I'm gonna go. The, at, you guys yeah, all know cool the jacket, the nearly naked guy in the thong that rides the bike around Austin. Like, yes, you know, like who should I be investing with? <laughs> you know, but I love don't how give you, me a card. Don't give me a card. I love how you just assume that you're like you guys. You guys all know the naked guy the thong that rides the bike around Austin, and we're all like, yeah. One thing that we haven't really talked about that we usually. We'll spend a little bit of time on uh, Shane. You touched a little bit on lyrical content, but like you're the lyrics guy. So, like, what was your what was your takeaway from Fitzgeraldo? Like, I think for the most part, the songs. I think it corresponds with the songs that I like the least are the ones where the lyrics are attempting to be the cleverest. Um, what does that tell you? Or does it tell you? I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to explain because, again, like, this isn't necessarily, like, my go-to in the stuff that, I mean, there's an earnestness in the lyrics as well. However, um, sometimes there are, um, like, just great little couplets. You, you just want to pick your head up and go, oh, fuck, man, that, that is badass. Stuck like, the landing on that one. 
Yeah, the choruses are pretty much universally on this. Even the songs I don't like, the choruses are all pretty fucking right. It almost sounds like he's he had the chorus all planned out before he wrote the song. They're so solid. But, you know. That could be his process. Well, and, you know, sure. we, we talked a little bit, you know, in our in one of our sidebar moments here a second ago about, about Glenn Hansard fixing bikes or whatnot. But it sounds like the more that I hear about this guy, like it just really sounds like he's one of those people who has like, you know, like his internal compass is really strong. And it's, so it's like he doesn't waver. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it sounds like to me like he, he's pulling people people up too at the same time. You know, like the rising tide floats all boats kind of thing. And this, he seems, and I could be reading into this, but, um, and I think it, it, a testament to the fact that this band, like I know that he put out a solo album last year. Um, I've heard a few songs off it totally didn't move the needle one way or the other for me like did nothing for me um well, I think but he still got this I, but he still has this band the frames and even though like there's a lot of there's a lot of ex-members and rotating membership i think it just says something about somebody to take the spotlight well, it's, it's off all themselves much his vision like no glenn but Hansard, but it no also kind of takes a spotlight off of him because he put out a glenn hansard solo record last year and also a frames record last year so you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that Frames record last year was their first output in 10 years. So, at, yeah. I mean, but that is what it is. I mean, that doesn't necessarily. It, no, I just think it's interesting and notable. But, but yeah, like, you're right. Like, yeah, it just, it just is what it is. I, wonder, I, I do think that, like, where his solo career is concerned, like, I and this is probably as much because of the Once movie as anything. Like, I, I just think that he probably moves a lot of units when he does things that. You know, kind of fit. Oh yeah, like with the swell now. season, like when he did that. Totally. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it makes complete sense. You know, I think it's amazing about once. I mean, once is an incredible idea for a musical, and this is a you know side note or whatever. But then now there's a Broadway musical of once. I mean, all the people that were in. Well, I think it won a, a at least a, a grant. No, the movie won an Oscar for like best original song or something. It's not, the movie did win an Mark. Can you make this happen? But they they did the the I just it's always interesting like when you t- when you take a a Broadway musical especially something that is not as spectacle based as say something like Wicked or Lion King like a and and take it from one place and put it on Broadway and have a successful musical that's the gift that and a lot of these songs that he you know he wrote like the, those are the gifts that keep on giving like and in that you know he's uh not that he's in the musical on Broadway but. 2007 Academy Award for Best Original Song. Well, Ryan go. wins. You want some M&Ms? Uh, I have some. Thank you. Yeah, no, I know. I you mean, yours. Taking them away. Well, d- would you like me to quit taking your M&Ms no, away? It's fine. All right. There are more. Well, okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, so they so, keep making them. Yeah. So, so Ryan Thank and you. I have each uh, picked a, a song. Shane, was there something that spoke to you? Yeah, I'd love to hear the title track, Fitzcarraldo. I fucking love this song. Um, I like this song, and I like the the version of this song that's on their last record, Longitude. That uh, isn't that much different. I mean, it is like a, there's like s- s- bigger strings and stuff like that, but it it uh, yeah, it's a great song. Chose the long 
I think it's a good song i mean there's elements of there's elements of a lot of disparate bands that i like and somewhat forward thinking like that's one thing about this band i think they're forward thinking in a lot of ways like that doesn't sound like it came out of 1995 sounds like it came out of 2005 it's a, no it's a decent song i think what it is with me is like he stresses me out a little bit i get that like like it's tool, the intense like, like the band tool does that too they don't sound anything like tool but like but like maynard like Dude, chill. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what we were saying before about, you know, is it you too that makes everybody like have like that just burning intenseness? Intensity. Yeah. yeah. Um, or even you too doesn't have that burning intensity anymore. Like, well, those they're, guys they're very, very. Well, rich. no, I mean, I, I challenge you to go. They don't, but there's still like the. There's, there, there's still a lot of the one love left in them, you know? Oh, sure. But it's, you know. Well, it's Sinead O'Connor, like, too. You know, like, how can I, how sure. Can I, how can I laugh when there's so much suffering in the world? That yeah. kind of thing. Was, is yeah. that, is that, yeah. That's, I think that's actually Jan Hooks doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sinead O'Connor, but, but still, the, the you know, the gist. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, again, yeah, we, we can come like back to it later. Has there been a silly but, Irish band? Can anybody think of one? Is there a Weird Al? Sure, you too. <laughs> well, yeah, unintentionally. Like, uh, like. Arriving out of lemons and shit. Uh, well, but yeah, but arriving said, out of lemons. Oh, they, they oh, had, right, yeah, right, right. They had, they had like yeah, a they whole, were they had a whole like a uh, spinal yeah, tap like the, uh, situation going on for a little bit. Yeah, I remember that now. I was just thinking about Bono marching like in Red Rocks, like with the flag, like come on, like. Well, that was that was intense, like, or meant to, but be. also kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, if there were if there were a silly Irish band, it sure shit wouldn't be somebody that was inspired by anything that Warner Herzog ever did. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Nobody ever goes like, oh, it's you know what? I want to old Warner. I just want to. I want to go watch that movie that he just did about people on death row and like, let's make a silly da 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 album yeah, about throw that. Like a big party about it with glitter. Or so. Grizzly Man, where the dude gets like eaten by yeah. grizzlies and yeah. shit. Well, let's yeah, let's, he, let's, yeah, let's like write a comic opera bears until one ate him. There's never a Benny Hill moment in a Warner Herzog. Hey, speaking of Benny Hill, remember that Benny Hill thing that I sent you? With the with the dancing guys. Oh, we've like, talked about this. Before. I know, I know, I know, but I, it just made me think of it. For again. those of us, if those of you who have not seen it, you should 
pick, uh, figure out a way to go see the, the blissed out ravers dancing to uh, the bitty, yakety, yakety sax. sax. Yeah, no, it actually syncs up really well. But, it, but um, circling back to the record. Yeah, to this song even. I really love what's going on with the drums in the background of this song. The drumming in the whole on this whole record. And also, isn't it such a good sounding record? Like yeah. it really, Oh, yeah, it's very it well produced. It does not sound so like balanced. 1995. Um, yeah. It sounds like 10 years down the line. Like, like it's a very forward, very thinking, very confident band. I think we all have allayed criticisms that make sense. And also, uh, we've said things that are good about this band that, that make sense. No, my net out is I like it. Hosea's, I think. Like, like, certainly more than. It? Pardon? I said Hosea's, but I, I don't know. Like, you know, when you th- the throwing of the flower petals at Jesus, but. Oh yes, that's something vaguely uh, religious where you throw I, things. I don't. I just didn't yeah. know how to say it. Hosannas. I, I don't. I don't know. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzahs. Huzzahs. <laughs> the frames. Huzzah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, a solid listen, man. Uh, it was a solid listen. I def. I definitely I'm grew on me. in my life. Yeah, uh, Michael. Thank you for the uh, suggestion. And if any of you, you know, if you made it this far. Uh, a congratulations, <laughs> and then, and then secondly, um, if you want to send us an email, if you've got suggestions for your Th- own, there is a decent comments. chance that we will uh, listen to your record and talk about it. Oh yeah, no, we, we yeah. will. The worse it is, the more I'll take up the oh, torch. No, you love that shit. Yeah, he really does. Kevin anyway. actually spends uh, his Thursday nights uh, trolling through the uh, thousands of emails that we get. Uh, yes, and handpicks. Yes, these. exactly. Um, yeah. What the, is that email address, Kevin? That that email address is message somebody at gmail.com. We also are on Facebook. Yeah, uh, you can also somebody find likes it. You can like somebody likes it on Facebook. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, stop by, let us know what you think. Um, if you have if you have comments or if there's just something that you haven't heard us cover that you're interested in, in recipes take on. also. Yes. Uh, recipes, gardening tips, you know, the yeah. usual. I think yeah. As those, are, those are good things. Those are always handy. There used to be a woman in the paper, like, you could figure out, like, if you had, like, gardening shears with green all over them, you could stick them in salt or something. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Anyway, whatever. I have Thank, no thankfully, fucking idea what you're no. talking about. Uh, so, who's got, who's got next week? I was going to do uh, You Don't Get Me High Anymore by Fantagram because we can't, for some goddamn reason, that band has not gotten on our show yet. I really enjoy that song. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a great video. But I'm going to go and, and put up. And there's a reason why. It's because of how rock and roll this record was. Um, I just got turned on to uh, Kishibashi, and uh, thank you. Yes, sure. you're right. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to "Say Yeah" by Kishibashi. See, I normally don't like to build up what my choices are going to be based on what the album of the du jour is, but um, 
but this one I, I needed to go a little step a little bit back uh, from the rock lighter fare <laughs> yeah well and also let me tell you this like if you push all the buttons on what I like, then you can push all everything that happens in this song until it gets to the woodwind solo. I don't think... Flute we, solo. Well, this time it was flute solo, yeah, instead of a sax solo, but... I mentioned during the break that uh, that it's, it, it's a little Ron Burgundy-esque. Like, there's a, there's a Ron The flute Burgundy. stuff? Yeah, the flute Yeah, the flute stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's like... Otherwise, it's it just sounds like ELO. or 80s porn music. Yeah. But that rest of the, it sounds like ELO, like the rest of the song. It's the guy it does not sound like ELO. Oh, I you like fucking, ELO. Oh, the rest of the song. I think the song is fucking I, amazing. I mean, personally, not the, the not falsetto the, is like yeah, dude. I, I rings can. true to BGS and well, okay, BGS. Sorry, like the this. There are BGS songs that I like. I'm I'm gonna net out differently than you on this one. Oh no, it's I knew you would, but I'm just saying for the reason why I picked this song to play today. Is because it's so different, and also because the flute solo is so hilarious. But actually, like I listened to the song six, seven, eight, nine, ten times in a row, and um, it—I guess the strings are what remind me of ELO, but um, the falsetto and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely the Bee Gees. I love the song, but it's also one of those things like when <laughs> it's also so funny at the same time that uh, it just had to be like the bookend for me. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, like, and I do think that one thing that we haven't talked about with with um, with this artist is like what his path has been to to getting to this point in his career. Like, this guy's worked with a lot of uh, like of Montreal and Sander Lurke and um, Regina Spector. Yeah. Yeah, he's a violin player. Like, that's what his background is. And the guy that produced this record is the oh, dude's got a pedigree for sure. He's the same producer that. Uh, Produced uh, Grizzly Bear, and um, they have one song that I absolutely love, and a bunch that I think are pretty okay. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way about them. Yeah. So anyway, just want to throw something in at the end. I basically I just wanted an excuse to to let you guys fucking rock out to that flute solo. Yeah, a little a little kishi bashi. Uh, my life has been augmented. Pretty sure it was. All right, so now I'm going to ask again, who's got next week? I do. Okay, what are you, what are we doing? Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. Okay. At some huh. point, at some point, we have to listen no, to we Springsteen. Have to. Yeah. Well, and you know, he's the boss, so clearly you got to do like I don't know how that works. Well, I mean, there's a lot of classic records by people. Like it was a toss-up between that or Led Zeppelin "Physical Graffiti," but we definitely. It sounded like you said "fiscal graffiti." Yeah, fiscal physical. Graffiti, where they talk about like balancing the books. fiscal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's your account. It's your that's putting up your your account balance like no, no, on no, the side the, of a wall. That's it's it's the, it's the band that the accountants in your office like have to play like the Christmas party yeah. when they, they all the accountants do like they, Led, they Zeppelin do Led Zeppelin covers. covers, but it's all the accountants. Yeah, but it but it's all parody songs about you know fiscal Accounting. money yeah, yeah. well at that Ordering glasses at, at this point we should probably exit the building oh uh, yeah let's do that all right so until next week i'm kevin i'm shane i'm ryan and i'm still mark and this is somebody likes it <laughs>